Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let's talk housing, but more importantly, contentious public hearings which approve housing or sometimes don't approve housing uh, because things go on for so long that City Hall just walks away from some of these issues uh, and they get kicked down the road and it takes years for uh, some of these projects to be approved. Now, many experts say housing policy has a democracy problem. Uh, now, amid a housing crisis, highly end up unrepresentative public hearings, uh, many say contribute to decisions that fail to reflect the perspectives and interests of all affected residents. Now, you get a lot of activists at these meetings, whether they support a project, whether they don't support a project, but the average citizen generally doesn't participate in these public processes or certainly doesn't participate as much as they should, after all, because they've got lives, they've got work commitments, they've got children, you got to have dinner dinner ready in the evenings as well. Who can attend a 7 o'clock meeting at City Hall or maybe a 3 o'clock meeting when it comes to some of these issues? Well, there's a growing push because of uh, these uh, public hearings. They just get bogged down and nothing ever gets approved. There's a great growing push to get rid of, of a site-by-site public hearings. Now, Vancouver's son, City columnist, uh, Dan Fomano, wrote on this uh, today. Uh, he joins us now. Dan, thank you for speaking to us today. Thanks for having me, Jazz. Uh, this column that you've written in the uh, Vancouver Sun uh, with cities uh, rethinking the use of public hearings, how widespread is this broad conversation? Well, I think uh, all across BC for sure, and, and really even beyond, um, a lot of different jurisdictions are looking at public hearings in the way that they work or uh, maybe don't work or could work better uh, because public hearings they kind of vary the way that they unfold in different jurisdictions around North America, but they're pretty widespread in North America um, where there will be some kind of um, public process, including a public meeting um, before a municipal council or a sort of local district government or something makes a lot of the decisions around land use, not every decision, but it is a big part, a key part of the way that a lot of major housing um, developments have been approved, at least in BC, for a long time now. Um, but a lot of people are kind of saying we need to change the process to improve it. Now, essentially, the system is you have, uh, uh, let's say, a, a hearing regarding a particular property. Usually, the city puts a an ad in the paper uh, for consultation. They'll put it up on in digital media, put it up on the city website. And then you have people coming in and t- uh, talking about their concerns, if there, if there are any. And in many cases, yeah. I don't think there's a lot. But you also, I, yeah. I think you do get activists when there are more higher profile cases, uh, yeah. really used to, uh, you know, uh, from fomenting opposition and expressing their opposition to certain projects. I think the uh, recent development or approval of that building in, in Chinatown would be a classic example of that. Yeah, and I mean, you have the more sort of you cover public hearings or, or, or attend them, you know, because whether you're in a municipal staff member or an elected official or, you know, people who work in the real estate development industry often will attend these things over and over. And 
just from my experience covering them as a journalist, and mostly I've covered the city of Vancouver, but I have watched some public hearings in other municipalities as well. You do tend to notice that there's a a real, there's a lot of people who sort of show up in over and over, both people who are coming to sort of support a lot of different housing projects and people who are showing up to oppose them or criticize them. Um, it's kind of a relatively small subset of the overall population who who tends to get involved in these um, in these processes, uh, both both in favor and opposing a lot of um, a lot of different housing developments. Mm-hmm. But and as you say, um, some of them go through with uh, very little kind of fanfare or acrimony. Some of them are, are kind of fly under the radar. Uh, they're approved reasonably quickly, but even in those cases, it's still a fair amount of uh, public and private money that goes into that that is required to to facilitate that process. Uh, if nobody shows up to speak in opposition or in support, it still requires a fair amount of municipal staff time, the politicians' time, uh, the developers' time, which of course you know, time is money. Um, it, it takes a long time just to go through that public hearing process, so. It, now, increasingly, because of new changes in BC's laws, some municipalities are looking at uh, sort of reducing the reliance on you know site by site public hearings, uh, you know, for individual specific properties. Sort of saying, for these kinds of projects, if they fit with the overall community plan, we don't need to go through a full public hearing. You know, staff can issue this approval without going through the full public process. And on and on the surface of it, it sounds right. If we go here, look, here's our official community plan. This is how many people we expect to uh, uh, have moving to this community over the next 20 years. We're looking for greater density. In this case, let's say yeah. it's a condo development, a townhouse development in this neighborhood. It's set for zoning. Makes sense. Let's move on. On the surface of it, it sounds great. Do you think we lose something, though, if we walk away from the current proposal of, of it's a public hearing, let's put the board up uh, at the site, let's put some ads in the paper, let's put some stuff on Facebook and on, on the City Hall website, invite people to talk about it. Do you think we lose something there? I mean, it is a slower, more cumbersome process, but it is, is it an important process that we can't um, uh, afford to ignore when it comes to a democracy and just letting people air their grievances? Yeah, and that's definitely an argument you hear some people make. Uh, both members of the public um, and some politicians will say, you know, we shouldn't be taking any op- away any opportunity for these elected officials to hear directly from their constituents. The, you know, it's kind of it, it, it's sort of a part of democracy that's at least somewhat unique to local government, right? Because you don't often get to go and talk to your provincial representative face to face. And it's even rarer that you'd be speaking, you know, to, to the federal parliament in Ottawa face to face. But it's city halls and municipal halls and town halls and district governments. Everyday members of the community can come and speak directly to the people who are representing them. And it's a, it, you know, it is a feature of local kind of municipal democracy um, and, and government that you don't really have with the more senior levels of government, you know, in the same way or the same degree. So there are some people who feel that's very valuable. But of course, it's always kind of a... Uh, open debate which types of decisions maybe need to go through this full public hearing process mm-hmm. when somebody knocks down a single detached house to build another single detached house they still need to get permits and go through a whole bunch of process and a lot of people would argue that process is way too byzantine and difficult and um, expensive and onerous but 
that you know to replace a single house with another single house doesn't require a full public hearing up in front of everybody with the city clerks there, security, audiovisual staff open to the public. It just gets approved through the regular bureaucracy. So, you know, when a when a single house gets replaced by a duplex, that can also be done sort of through the regular kind of staff approvals process. So it's you know what is the line? What is is it when a four story building gets approved or an eight story building? So I think bigger, more complicated projects. And the example I used in my column was the Jericho lands, massive redevelopment that's going through a multi-year public kind of engagement process right now. Um, those, you know, presumably big, huge, complicated plans will go through it. But, you know, maybe every four-story or six-story project doesn't need to go through this. It, again, you know, it'll still require permits and a whole pile of paperwork and engineering reports and stuff to be done before anything starts getting built. But, you know, just a question of what needs to trigger that full public hearing requirement. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you made a very good point. I mean, it's also, you know, people need to take time off to, if they are legitimately concerned about some property going up in their neighborhood, take the time off and put put a, uh, you know, a, um, a proposal together and to say, look, I oppose this because of X, Y, Z reasons. I think there's something to be said about let's get on with it, especially in the midst of a, a housing crisis, I would think that's going to push some of this, spur some of this to the point where you're going, you're going let's look, let's look at this. We have an official community plan. And as you said, it's a single home, family home being torn down to put up another single family home or a three or four story complex that, look, they fit the fit what we want to be doing in the OCP. Let's get on with it. You can't be yeah. uh, asked to stop something. Uh, every single time or, you know, go through the process for the sake of going through a process to seem like you're open and listening and, and all that sort of thing. Are other cities looking at this as well? I'm very curious. Yeah. So basically in 2021, the provincial government of BC changed some of the laws around this. Basically, as I mentioned, enabling municipal councils, if they want to skip the public hearing requirements when it's a consistent with an official community plan, so some municipalities have been doing this on kind of like a site-by-site basis. When a project comes forward, um, they'll say, you know what, we're not hearing a bunch of concerns about this, or we think this is the kind of thing we really need to speed along, so we're going to skip the public hearing, we're going to forego the public hearing requirement for this specific project, speed things up a bit. Uh, the city of North Vancouver has done that a couple of times, both rental housing and condo housing, some mixed-use developments. Um, and then some other municipalities like Surrey, has made sort of a policy change where any a subdivision, if you're going to be subdividing a lot to create five or fewer single homes on that property, uh, previously you would have had to go through a public hearing just to go through the subdivision, um, but now you won't if you're subdividing to create five or fewer properties. Um, and so I imagine, you know, it's still relatively new, right? It was the fall of 2021 that the BC government made this change. So over the last kind of year, year and a bit, we're seeing more municipalities are um, pursuing this option and then there's a whole bunch of other ones that are looking at it and then you also have some municipal councils are, tr- are sort of using this as a way to give a leg up to nonprofit housing so uh, projects that meet their criteria for social housing you know if they're run by a nonprofit and whatever their definition for sort of what constitutes social housing um, they can sort of say that if you qualify as social housing you're, you're going to be able to look at skipping the public hearing requirement, shaving lots of time, money, risk off of these projects to try to give a boost up to nonprofit uh, developers who are building 
you know, more affordable rental homes. Mm -hmm. So Vancouver is exploring that kind of policy uh, right now, I believe. They're, they're looking at that, and staff should report back on what that looks like. And Victoria had done some stuff with that as well to try to boost certain kinds of projects that they deemed um, you know, with more needed kinds of housing. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of the day, we're in the middle of a housing crisis. Uh, something needs to be done, and uh, we have to move faster on, on approvals, that's for sure. And I think most people would be supportive of that. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Jess.